welcome to Beauties and Head Cannons, where we're nerdy and you probably are too. I'm Tegan and I'm here today with Lindsay and we're here to talk nerdy about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, one of the uh, newest uh, MCU TV series to come out on Disney+. Plus. So <laughs> we have both watched the first three episodes and so we're going to be talking about them and we're probably going to be talking about some level of detail that is going to include some spoilers. So yep. before you get too deep into the episode just be aware we will be talking about things that if you haven't seen the episode that's probably going to get spoiled for you so if you're not cool with that then just put this episode on pause you can come back to it later once you get caught up but this is going to cover episodes one through three so yeah so that's that's my intro and uh so (laughs) so i'm actually am a little glad though that we are recording this a little bit later than we initially planned because we did have an interesting little trailer drop just today and we both got a chance to watch it and i wanted to maybe discuss it just a tiny tiny little reaction of that trailer before we get into Ah, the series (laughs) Right. No, I literally just said, like, my initial reaction mm-hmm. is, what? I guess it's it's cool to see Tom Hiddleston wearing a suit. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. And <laughs> I, I guess I was sort of expecting almost like a go back to um, try and figure out how to f- be like a beacon for his people or something. Or, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but this is completely different than that. So... Yeah. I, I'm still processing what I just watched. <laughs> yeah, I, I just watched the new trailer for Loki like earlier today, like maybe an hour ago at most uh-huh. before we're recording. So yeah, like I, it seems like obviously when the Avengers went back in time, they were very, very careful. They wanted to not disrupt the flow of their timeline, you know, so right, right. even when they took the stones, they wanted to put the stones right back. So basically nothing would be disturbed. But mm-hmm. as we all know, Loki stole the Tesseract and the stone in it. So he is kind of in this nebulous area. I know this has, you know, kind of come up in discussions before as to what happened with him, what is, you know, what that means and what its implications are. So it looks right, like this. We definitely new... wanted to know what he was doing yeah. what he was up to. Like, yeah. Okay. Because, you know, obviously his other like self, I guess, you know, died in Infinity War. So, you know, now that we have this other Loki running around what's going on so i I, it looks like this series is going to more directly address that and you know this kind of is uh making me wonder if this is all going to tie back into this uh dr strange movie that's going to be coming out the whole multiverse thing because it looks like that might incorporate some things with that i'm not sure but it it looks like it from from the little bits that we saw in the trailer so i i think i think that'll be cool I, I'm actually excited for it. You know, it's kind of difficult for me to get excited get excited for things these days just because right. I'm so cynical. But I, I am but actually... But Loki's your dude, so I... Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I, like, like it's got to be good, right? I, I hope I'm right, not well, going to come back... if you weren't excited, I would be worried. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just hope I'm not going to come back to these, oh, it's it's got to be good, right? I And I hope I'm not going to come back and be like, oh, I kind of regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> So what's funny to me in all of this is like basically I am hoping from the very beginning I've said a million times I was never like a Marvel fan. Um, I watched the first Avengers movie and was like, okay, cool. It was visually appealing. Yeah, sure. And I've, you know, seen the movies several times each quite a few times. Um, 
fallen asleep during um, uh, Age of Ultron several times. Uh, and I always have like differing ideas on, on thinking, okay, I have to watch these YouTube videos and people who talk about Easter eggs and all the things about all the things because I always miss so much. As, as mm-hmm. someone who just like watches for the entertainment value mm-hmm. and without having the like background of uh, reading the comics, and at this point, I, I would never even know how to keep things straight. I'd, it would be a full-time job on oh, top yeah. of my already full-time <laughs> job, and there's no way I would ever understand exactly all the things that I want to understand. That being said, I feel like um, the MCU is basically like I, I every every week think, hmm, I've got more questions. I've got more <laughs> questions. And then those don't necessarily get answered. I just have more questions. <laughs> and that's literally like how I'm just going to live this year, I guess. Uh, we're talking about like, OK, so I, I don't know. Can we go forward from the, the Loki trailer? Because, yes. again, my oh, whole yes. point is that I've just got more questions. I, yeah. Now I've got more about Loki and where that's going. And I'm hoping that it's going to tie into um, the uh, Multiverse of Madness. And I'm like excited for that. But I also know that we've kind of touched on multiverses, and I was hoping that WandaVision would talk about multiverses, and it was just a big, like, uh, like a tease, because yeah. we didn't really get that very much at all. Um, but I'm also, like, thinking, okay, we've got this opportunity. What What is, is, what is Winter Soldier, or Falcon and Winter Soldier going to actually, like, touch on, right? Yeah, right. And I, we're at the point now where I'm like, okay, we know what happened with Captain America and mm-hmm. we are aware that he, you know, gave it to to Sam for a reason mm-hmm. and um, in the, you know the, we know that Sam isn't ready or doesn't see himself with the shield and okay, okay. So that's how the whole thing starts out and I'm thinking, okay, we're not going to talk about multiverses so much unless we actually like, you know, Okay, my head is spinning. I'm sorry. We're, we're at this point where it's like, okay, are we going to bring on the young inve- Avengers? Are we mm-hmm. going to... I always have an issue with, like, taking the mantle. And I've, I've said this in a, mm-hmm. quite a few episodes. I always have a feeling with... I have, like, this really, like, sad feeling of, like, someone else carrying the cap shield. And yeah. this stinking television show has me <laughs> feeling that way, like, a hundredfold. Yeah. Because now... The person who's got the darn shield is the like, like awful, like the worst. <laughs> and I was I was even listening to something today where the the actor was talking about how people hate uh-huh. him and how they're so you know people are, it, it, you know you and I have talked about this several times where the the actor is not yeah the character, um so this whole like, like oh hating the the guy who's playing John Walker is just like yeah. the worst thing because clearly he's ridiculous. not that person he's he's mm-hmm. just playing a hateable character yeah but if anything he's doing a good job <laughs> exactly that's exactly what we want if yeah but, you know we we don't really know exactly where they're going to take john walker's character mm-hmm. except that i'm pretty sure we're supposed to not like him because at this oh, point yeah. we're supposed to be rooting for bucky yeah and for falcon like okay yeah. i get it cool. so like john walker is actually from the comics um and he did right. take up the shield of captain america 
Um, if I'm remembering correctly, because my memory's a little fuzzy, but it was during the time when Cat, when Steve actually gave up the mantle, and I believe it was while he was going around as Nomad, and the government was like, hey, we still need a cat. So they tapped him, and, you know, it was one of those things where, like, it starts out okay, but then it just kind of devolves, and he just becomes, he ratchets everything up, just the intensity, And to the point where he just gets, um, where he just goes really overboard with a lot of his stuff. Um, We kind of got to see like a little hint of that, I think, in the last episode where he was confronting that uh, German cafe owner and, you know, trying to get the information from him. And, you know, so we kind of, I think, are starting to see a little bit of that turn in him now, which, you know, in a comic, like in a, in a, um, in a medium that's going to be a little bit longer, I might think that's a little too soon to kind of start leaning him into that territory but this series is only going to be six episodes and you know we're already halfway through so oh my gosh we're halfway through i didn't know that yeah oh boy so so (laughs) yeah so obviously he's got to go ahead and kind of start edging into that territory of going too far and doing too much so you know sam has to have a reason to go take it But I feel like um, I, I just looked it up and it looks like John Walker is actually a U.S. agent. Yes. Not uh, um, so his character was like uh, maybe he's going towards that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what he kind of ends up as after he, he first takes appeared the captain. In yeah. Super Super Patriot. Yep. Is he first appeared right? as Super Patriots, and he was wanting to, you know, fight with Captain America, and then he took on the mantle of Captain America, and then okay. he took on U.S. Agent. So that's why, you know, when he was introduced, like at the end of the first episode, okay. like when he came on, like everybody was like, "That's John Walker. That's U.S. Agent." Like, yep. you know, because yep. it's like, who else is going to take up this mantle if it's not Sam and it's not Bucky? It's got to be John Walker. So, sure. you know, that's you know what was pretty much through went through everybody's mind who is, you know, familiar with the comics. You know, that's immediately what yep. the conclusion they drew, which obviously turns out it's right. So as far as like if they're going to follow his story exactly or not, obviously we don't know yet. You know, the MCU is known for borrowing characters and uh, backstories and elements from the comics, from the comics, but not following it exactly. You know, so from what I've seen so far, it kind of feels like they're edging towards that. But we'll see. We'll see exactly how far he goes and how that all pans out because my guess is something's gonna happen he's gonna go way too far and sam's gonna be like okay i need to take this now (laughs) you know like this just it's just something that needs to happen so yeah that that's just personal speculation is based on absolutely nothing other than just what i think (laughs) yeah no i i totally get it i i feel like I don't know enough generally Mm -hmm. with, with comics. I'll say it a million times, but I know that the MCU just kind of does, they, they, they take the source material and they do a lot of unexpected stuff with it. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not surprised by any of that. Um, I, it's funny when you listen to people talk about, um, things that are derived from the comics, because I feel like there's, so many different names, borrowed names, changed names, mantles, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, 
that I'm like literally always guessing as to what the next episode is going to be. And and now I'm okay. So we've only got three more episodes. We know that with like WandaVision, they did the same kind of thing where they kind of amped it up. I feel mm-hmm. like the first three episodes have been feeling sort of like a slow moving movie. Yeah. Um, I had the same feeling too. Like it, it really had the feeling of like the older MCU movies, like back when, you know, we had the first Avengers movie, um, with the Winter Soldier movie, you know, that kind of that era of the MCU that I personally kind of prefer over like the more recent um, movies. I feel like it's kind of borrowing that vibe again. And so I, I do kind of appreciate that, that they're allowing this story to build up a little bit more naturally and allowing it the space to develop. And hopefully, you know, they kind of continue that with the next three episodes. Whereas, you know, like say if, once they release it, you really could just watch all of these episodes just one right after another, and it would just feel like one long MCU movie, you know? And I mean, it, that's the thing. I, I feel like some people, not necessarily like MCU fans, but like people in general, there's like this tier of artistic medium, and like movies are like the top. And then you have like yeah. TV series. And then you have, like, you know, books and then animated stuff and all, you know, all that, you know. And it's like, oh, well, that's just a TV series. That's not like a movie. And it's like, well, you know, a TV series has its own merits. It's a slightly different form of medium than a movie. It has a little bit more wiggle room as far as the length and the amount of story it can tell. But there's still there's still merit to what it can do. And so I appreciate that it feels like they're using the strengths that, like, a miniseries would lend them to tell a story that if they tried to put it all like in a movie, it would just be really smooshed and compact and it would be way too much, mm-hmm. which is kind yeah, of my complaint for the recent movies. <laughs> right. Well, and, and it's funny too, like with, with this medium, it, we used to be able to, you know, know how well a movie did by how much it grossed in the movie mm-hmm. theaters. And with Disney plus uh, going this route for the television shows, I mean, sure, I'm paying a, a fee every month, and I'm not currently watching anything else on Disney Plus. So I guess like the numbers are going to show up as mm-hmm. to you know how well it did based off of Disney Plus subscriptions um, and oh, probably even, you know, streaming like, algorithms too. of what people are doing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it it'll be really interesting to me to to see if they decide that they you know made made more money this way than they would have um otherwise i i guess we're we're in such unprecedented times it's just like yeah. so mind-blowing to even think about those algorithms and what people need to put in you know numbers wise to to mm-hmm. make it happen yeah um i do feel very much like these feel like you're watching part of a movie that's just like chopped up like mm-hmm. I, I because of the cinematic value and to even see like the cgi fight scenes and stuff i feel so like uh enamored with it you know and mm-hmm. enveloped in the scene um and of course i never catch all the stuff that the people are saying that they saw you know, oh like yeah the the knife that came out of the guy's arm and suddenly where to go you know and you didn't hear any knife rattling like i'm like okay you guys are just great i <laughs> didn't even i didn't even notice that i sh- I feel like I was watching a different show than everybody else was when I get to hear some of the recaps because, like, I was thrilled to see Zemo in the last episode, mm-hmm. but I, I, uh, 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 Sharon Carter, um, it, I've 
been reading stuff like maybe she's power broker or she's working for power broker mm-hmm. or oh my I'm just like Just so much stuff, so much stuff. Yes, just so and much stuff going on. I know that, like, you know, once, you know, whenever I watch an episode, there's usually, you know, like, videos and stuff that pop up on YouTube, like, you know, all these Easter eggs and stuff you may right, have right. missed. And so, like, I, I always go in and, like, watch that because, like, I'll sometimes pick things up, but I, I won't pick up everything. I'm, I'm never going to pick up everything. Even if I watch the episode a couple of times, you know, I, I'm not going to pick up everything. So it's... <sighs> It is helpful, you know, to have those little videos. So, you know, in this episode, we're not going to break down all the little Easter eggs because, number one, we're not going to catch them all. And number two, there's lots of other videos on YouTube that have broken them all down, like, so much better than I think we even could. So that's just not... Right, right. It's not going to be in our wheelhouse, you know? Well, yeah, and I, you know, I... I see all the things that they're talking about and I'm like alright so now I gotta go back and watch all three episodes again yeah. <laughs> before the next episode comes out I did that with WandaVision too so I'm like yeah. I'm expecting it and even that is you know like paying the big man you know paying the big Disney yeah. MCU plan to, to say okay you know like I know that I'm gonna need to watch these again so there's you know twice the uh, view counts yeah. for um, I guess they're only getting one subscription for me so that's that's fine. Well, hey, yes. you're getting your money's worth then, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm getting my money's worth and somebody else's money worth too, I guess. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it. Yeah. So one of the things I really appreciate about this series is, you know, how they're kind of introducing the rest of the world because in the movies, you know, you get very limited glimpses yes. into the oh, world. Yes. But now like in these series, like with WandaVision and now with this one, you know, we get glimpses into the world outside of this. Um, and especially right. in the last episode, we went to a place called Madripoor, which is a place that is well known in the comics as well. Um, <laughs> that's where we actually see the most ridiculous Wolverine alter ego ever, like in the face of the earth. So he, Wolverine goes undercover and he, his code name is Patch. And literally, all he does is he wears a suit and a patch on his eye, and that's it. That's it. And supposedly nobody cool. is nobody is supposed to recognize him as that. I I guess I, I don't know. Well, but yeah, we've that's... seen that before, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so, so people are wear a mask and no one can recognize. Yeah, him, so yeah amazing. I guess, I guess an eye patch is. It's the same thing, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, Quite so guys. So, yeah, we, we do get to see, you know, some, you know a place that has been mentioned in the comics, and we get to see that in real life, which is cool, although there are still some, like, things about it that aren't great. But at the same time, uh, you know, I, I guess I don't know what else to expect, <laughs> you know, unfortunately. Um, with the whole, like, just the atmosphere of, like, a cyberpunk kind of thing, but... It's like this whole futuristic thing, but, you know, just the whole realism for the area. And also, like, the fact that they're walking into a place in Indonesia, but they're playing Filipino rap. Like... Yeah. Not, yeah. The one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> what was... Um, so, what was your take on the whole... Uh, What's-his-name said to... I, I know what was said, but I don't remember who said it or, or to who... Um, but it was that there are people who want to have um, no borders. W- what was mm-hmm. that about? Um, 
was that in relation to Flag Smasher? Yes. Or was, yep, to okay. Flag Smasher. Yeah, yep. because so this is going back to another character that was in the comics. Now in the comics, this was a male character known as Carl Morgenthau. Obviously, they've changed it to a woman character in the MCU, which is fine. That's cool. Um, but she's known as Flag Smasher, and in the comics, uh, Carl Morgenthau was a freedom fighter whose goal was basically just to liberate everybody from their national rule, kind of like a, an anarcho kind of situation. So, you know, his whole thing was he didn't want any countries, like specific countries or borders. He basically just wanted one Earth kind of thing going on. Um, the way that they're doing it in the MCU is it, le- is it looks like, you know, Carly, you know, basically had to struggle by, you know, after the whole snap, and, but found a certain amount of comfort and camaraderie in the way that, you know, all these nations came together to kind of support each other. But then after the blip and everybody returned, it's like, okay, everything's going back to the status quo. And we're, yeah, like we're going back to this normal, but this normal isn't even good, which is kind of almost a little bit indicative of, you know, how I think people are kind of treating the pandemic and this idea of going back after the pandemic is like over yep. and taken care of, you know, going back to There's normal. There's a lot of parallels but... <laughs> to where we're, we're yeah. to, to life now. Yeah. But then no, the, I definitely see that. But then the whole idea of, okay, well, why do we so desperately want to go back to this normal? What was good about this normal? You know, obviously there were some good things, but you know, what about these things that weren't working as well? Like, can we, mm-hmm. can we keep some of these things that, are working now and are good now. Can we keep them? You know, there's no reason that we have to abandon them. So I think this is kind of basically the same idea, but she's just taking it several steps further. You know, she's stolen this uh, reworked super soldier serum from the power broker. She's wanting Mm -hmm. to help, you know, basically kind of play Robin Hood a little bit. But then, you know, obviously at the end of uh, episode three, then she blows up this building full of... uh, GRC people and so you know she's like basically like going way too far you know at least Mm -hmm. in the way that she's being portrayed in the story so it's kind of an interesting take of like you know she has good intentions but she's just going way too far and it's like how far is too far and kind of examining that morality and so I think that will be an interesting parallel for also John Walker because, you know, mm-hmm. Carly is obviously, you know, supposed to be the bad guy and John is supposed to be the good guy. But, you know, it seems like they're both going to kind of hit this point where they go too far. It looks like Carly has started that. John is on his way to that. So I think it, it, it gives a nice little parallel to that. So Sam is probably going to have to be the one to come in and say, okay, we're going to have to work this out. You know, we're, we're going to have to set down these lines and say, okay, we can't go this far, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and it's, it's interesting too. Like we, we also saw John Walker with a gun and we mm-hmm. haven't seen Cap with a gun since like the forties when it was actually like in the yeah, war. Yeah. When he was literally in a war. Right. So it's, it's very scary to, to think, okay, so that was, that was like the biggest jarring part to me. Like mm-hmm. I saw it the minute it showed up and was like, oh no. Why has Cap got a gun? Because yeah. <laughs> for so much of, of the existence we know him from, we, the shield was the weapon, you know? The, yeah. Um, his his symbol wasn't ever that he had a gun as a weapon. It was that he had the shield and that the shield was, 
you know, when he throws it around and stuff. Oh, did you see um, that Bucky stopped the shield on top of the surface? Yes. Yes, I oh. saw that. So that's kind of like a callback to like the whole Winter Soldier moment where yes. he stopped that shield. So I, I thought that there's lots of like really little cool callbacks to like previous yeah. movies, previous shows, previous, you know, whatever. Um, and that's what some of those videos like we'll go through and like nitpick them out. Mm-hmm. And like some of them do seem slightly tenuous, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Right. Ma- like maybe? I feel like I missed everything <laughs> that they talk about and then I'm yeah. like, oh my wait, wait, that is, that did happen. Yeah. Holy <laughs> and all of the other, you know, um, I think we saw Falcon jump out of a plane um, mm-hmm. and, you know, Bucky also jumped <laughs> out of the plane. Um, it's just really cool. And I, I just saw a video where they talk about White Wolf and mm-hmm. um, what that could mean for Bucky because I don't think we're, I'm hoping he's not going to, like, go bad, go rogue ever again, even though we, yeah. we did get to hear his, like, um, theme song a couple of times changed a little mm-hmm. and I always like loved background music right so I'm always oh, yeah. like okay alright we, we did get to hear that which was pretty cool um, but I someone was uh, like someone did a mock up where he had like a vibranium white suit and mm-hmm. I was like uh, almost kind of in love with it like I was yeah. I'm, I'm kind of feeling it I, uh, I'm excited to see Bucky as a more complex character Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even like I, the therapy and the, the three rules, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, <sighs> and did you notice like somebody was like, it. somebody was like, it looked like they were, um, recording him in that bar as he was going off. And I'm like, Ooh, that seems like it might come back to haunt him a little bit. Yes, yep. You know, yep. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that might not be good. <laughs> well, it, it, something definitely did, did come back to haunt to you know catch him because it, when when was he uh, arrested with after seeing Isaiah? When was that? I think that was the was that the second episode? I think that was the second episode. Right, because then um, Walker had to bail him out, mm-hmm. and he's he can't be tied up like that. Because yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah. We we already see that you know even though Bucky is pardoned, he's still under a very tight leash, and he has to do well, right. certain things in certain ways, and he's only allowed to you know go in certain right, directions and being under walker's thumb i'm sure he's real happy about oh yeah that. yeah I mean, the disdain oh, yeah. is just palpable mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would too right, i um, can't blame him <laughs> i know anything else that we definitely need to talk about that we haven't yet uh, uh the doctor yes the doctor um again that was somebody oh. from the comics as well yes um and so the the whole like the whole super soldier serum and things like that. There, there's been like a whole thing in the comics, you know, where um, they've tried to recreate it like so many times and everything like that. So, you know, he's a callback again to another character in the comics who, again, was trying to work with that super soldier serum. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it looks like they were kind of following this a similar path with him as well. Um, with him developing it with Hydra and everything like that. But obviously after he got dusted and then came back, 
you know, by that point, it seems like Hydra's moved on and it's like, now nah, we're not interested in that anymore. <laughs> so, you know, obviously he wants to take himself somewhere where his talents will be appreciated. And it looks like that's in Madripoor with the power broker. And now obviously that he's dead now that Zemo has killed him, which honestly, you know, I don't really feel too bad about that. You know, Zemo, I have mixed feelings about personally, but I don't mind at all that he went ahead and killed the doctor because the doctor is just, you know, really malicious and a really icky character overall. So that's cool. And obviously with him dead, there's not going to be a way to go that route with the super soldier serum. All that's left of the serum now is whatever Carly has. So whatever she has is all that's left of this serum. And as Carly pointed out, you know, the power broker had previously been trying to go after her, you know, be, you know, to go after her for stealing from him. But now that she only has, has the only stuff left, you know, now it seems like the power broker might ease up and try to actually work with her, which obviously I don't think she's going to sell it back to him, but you know, that's probably going to at least like give her a little bit of breathing room to kind of negotiate and act like, oh, yeah, I'll sell it back to you while in reality she's using it however she wants. You know, because yeah. then if he tries, once she uses it however she wants, well, then what, what's he going to do? Try and come after her again? Well, he's already done that. But now it's like, okay, cool. You know, try your, try your, try your best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. No, I, I, I feel that sentiment, too. I... Uh... It's it's a very strange thing to figure out who you're rooting for mm-hmm. um, in a situation like this because they're clearly, you know, not in the best position. Um, mm-hmm. And the, you know, you, you touched on it before, the parallels that we can draw to our own society mm-hmm. right now is incredible. Um, but the idea that they, you know, her her group is in a position where they are relying on each other and trying to do the best they can. But at what point is it too much, too far, mm-hmm. too uh, hurting too many people? Yeah. It's like, at what point does the ends not justify the beans anymore? Because, yes. yep. you know, at the end of episode three, when she blows up that building, um, you know, she does briefly talk to one of the guys that she's tied up and you know he kind of like is sneering at her and she kind of you know you know goes back at him a little bit before she walks out and you know then she has the building blow up and so we're kind of you know meant to take that as you know oh well they're a bunch of bad guys you know because they've been sitting on the stockpile for how long they haven't you know actually distributed or you know done anything with it um And so, you know, it's kind of trying to create the sense that, you know, she's striking out and, you know, like she said, speaking the only language that they understand. But at the same time, that's one interaction that she had with one guard. You know, we didn't get to see, you know, the rest of these guards, how they are. Maybe they want to distribute it, but they, you know, their hands are tied with, you know, bureaucracy BS. You know, we we don't know any of that. We don't know... Again, like, we only know what the MCU is allowing us to see. And we don't quite know if our point of view from what we're seeing as Car- from Carly's point of view, if that's really and truly a reliable narrator or not. 
You know, an unreliable narrator is, you know, a a writing device that's used pretty often in literature where we get to see things from a certain point of view, but that point of view is not always necessarily 100% correct. Um, kind of like in Harry Potter, where we only see things from Harry's point of view. And so a lot of things are twisted to be like pro-Gryffindor and anti-Slytherin. But really, in reality, if you, you know, kind of step back and take a look at things, you realize that it's really not that black and white. There are lots of shades of gray and there are plenty of, you know, things that the Gryffindors do that, you know, aren't that great. And then conversely, there's plenty of things that the Slytherins do that are great. Um, so... Again, it's it's just uh, it's just a way to you know portray a certain situation and to you know tell a story. Um, as far as if it is correct or not, well, I I guess we'll see. You know, it everything that you know we're kind of talking about at this point is kind of just more speculation and kind of you know. Right. You know, kind of trying to like puzzle things out because again, you know, we're only halfway through. We only have part of the story. We have like three more episodes to go and then then that'll be it. Oh my gosh, that'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, so, so how weird. about Gaming Corner for today? Gaming Corner. So earlier um, last week we had the Trans Day of Visibility. So I wanted to just briefly touch about, you know, trans characters in gaming and, you know, how they've been portrayed, how they might be portrayed in the future. Um, so, I mean, obviously we have had some trans characters in games. We haven't had a whole lot. Um, the ones that I've personally had, you know, experience with is Krim or Chrimisius Aclassi from Dragon Age Inquisition, who is a pretty good, I wouldn't say perfect, but pretty good representation of a trans person. Um, the fact that he's trans is not like... It's not like the epitome of his character. You you actually kind of just find out that he's trans through some dialogue. And if you actually don't go down that dialogue tree, you might not even ever know he's trans at all. Um, he's just who he is. You know, he has his own character. He has his own arc. And, and it has nothing to do with him being trans. And the only kind of problematic thing about him is that he is voiced by a cis woman. Kind of, you know, enforcing the fact that trans men aren't men you know and they don't you know they're voiced by a cis woman um and i mean jennifer hale did a good job but at the same time it's like oh we could we could have done a little bit better we could have done a little bit better and i know that she said that you know if she could go back you know she she wouldn't want to do that role you know just because she would rather it you know go to somebody who could better represent a trans character like that um so even though she did do a good job Again, uh, just some problematic things with casting a cis woman as a trans man. Um, now, in the next game we have coming up, it's set into Venter, and we do have the potential, and I'm crossing my fingers, I really hope, that we see Mayveris Talani, because Mayveris is a trans woman, and she is an absolute powerhouse. She is an amazing mage. She is a powerful politician. She is just like she she is everything you know we've we have gotten to see her in the comics and we got one little correspondence from her in a war table mission in inquisition but we've never actually gotten to physically see her in game and so i'm really hoping that not only will she be there but she will be portrayed magnificently that is my hope because i know that there are 
you know, some queer folks that are on the writing staff that are, you know, there at Bioware that I'm hoping will be able to, you know, properly represent us and be able to, you know, kind of steer that in the direction of, you know, kind of proper portrayal and representation. Because, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to say, you know, not everything's going to be perfect, you know, and while I absolutely love Krem and I love what he did for trans representation, there's always room for improvement. And as long as a company, you know, keeps moving forward, keeps learning from their mistakes and, you know, keeps coming back and consulting queer content, you know, queer creators and trying again, then absolutely I will get behind them for that. So Fingers crossed that's what we get to look forward to in Dragon Age 4. It's going to get a whole lot more queer. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I was, I did actually want to mention something about um, being able to see in the modeling community people mm-hmm. who are able to do androgynous characters or um, there is actually like a really amazing woman who had breast cancer and chose not to do... Um, you know, uh, reconstruction reconstruction. surgery. Mm -hmm. She had them completely removed and, um, uh, being an advocate for, as a breast cancer survivor has been such Mm -hmm. a cool thing to see her do, um, between like photo shoots that she's done and, um, the opportunity to, to use makeup and her, you know, shape and form to, tell a different kind of story is, mm-hmm. is really cool and there there are people who you know said oh well you were so pretty with with your chest and that it's yeah it's a very ugly thing to hear people say mm-hmm. um and, and and you know there's so many different situations where people think that they have something to say about what a person does with their body whether they yeah are taking back their own skin by getting uh, tattoos wherever and however they want or you know, uh, you know, owning their diagnosis, owning their treatment, owning their recovery—it's—it's it's a very strange thing that there are people out there who think that they've got anything to say mm-hmm. about how people view their own uh, their own form, and that goes with you know, transgender, cisgender, anyone who's uh, struggling with how they are portrayed outwardly. Yeah, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah, daily. that's and that's one of the things that, you know, there's so much judgment over folks who, you know, don't fit a certain body type, you know, whether the person is cisgender or transgender or what have you. There's always going to be backlash if there isn't, you know, they don't fit to a certain mold. And that's, you know, I, I, earlier, just earlier today, you know, I was kind of thinking you know, with the whole situation with cyberpunk and the fact that you could only change the genitals, you couldn't change the chest area. I was thinking, you know, what if we just did away with the whole, you know, male, female base? What if we just had one base, you chose your frame, whether you wanted to have a bigger, bigger frame or a smaller frame. And then you just, you chose your chest, you chose your genitals, you chose, you know, your presentation, you chose your pronouns, everything. Like, why don't we just do that? That seems a little bit simpler to me. Obviously I'm not a programmer, but you know, being able to set up a flags in just a certain different way, I think could be a really good step in being a little bit more inclusive so that, you know, whether a player is cisgender or transgender, if they're disabled, whatever the case, they could potentially create a body to see on screen that looks like their body. You know, that's something that is really powerful that not everybody gets a chance to see. So I, 
you know, kind of taking away some of those boxes and kind of moving those, you know, flags like the gender markers and things like that, I think could be helpful in being a little bit more inclusive in games. There's also the flip side of things, though, where mm-hmm. um, I often find myself in parts of conversations where people will um, be walking on the street and, um, you know, someone as a as a side will say, oh, I didn't know if that was a man or a woman. And that kind of societal speech really sucks, too. Yeah. Like, why does that um, matter? <laughs> like, why does it matter? And... You know, if it's a a larger man with more on top than than the girl next to him, who gives a rip? Yeah. Uh, as far as if they if so they're your business, that's all that matters. Now, I have a big issue with health and you know what we put in our bodies and all of that stuff, but how a person looks, whether they're presenting in a certain way or not, really shouldn't affect me or how I interact with them in any way shape or form and that really I I mean we need to make better choices we yeah. need to stop that kind of conversation so that we can get down to actually what's important definitely and, I mean like you know things like how somebody presents or like even their level of health and you know how they're choosing to address whatever is going on in their life you know that's that's their business and that's between them and their doctor them and their partners them and their family like that's right. definitely not you know the business of anybody just walking down the street like y'all right and if you keep are, your nose out of other people's to, business to be someone, <laughs> if you're gifted enough to be someone who is um in a position where they can talk to you about that then that's a, a that's a whole nother story that's a place of of confidence and uh, advice and support and gosh i hope we honestly i just hope we we start making better choices all of us because i i feel like Mm -hmm. we have a responsibility to teach our children to to be better Mm i don't know i didn't want to take it to a dark place um (laughs) it's kind of like so kind of like bailey syrian (laughs) with make good choices (laughs) Yes. Oh, I've been talking. I've been listening to her so much lately. But every time she says it, I'm like, you know, we really do. We really yeah. do need to. She says stuff like, uh, "Make, make your, make, have better role models." Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'm always like, "Yes, have better role models. Make good choices. Take care of yourselves and others." And oh my goodness. Okay. Well, if only some I of the characters we say. watched. If only some of the characters yes. we watched took that same advice. Yes. Maybe yep. things would be exactly. a little better. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this up. I am so excited to hear what everyone else feels about um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And um, please let us know um, everything and anything under the sun that you would like to talk about or that you'd like to hear us talk about. Yes. And also, also, like, do you, do y'all have any, like, any cool or cute names for, like, some of the series that have coming out? Because my husband has started calling... Uh, this series, the Cluck and Buck Express, and he absolutely will not call it Falcon and the Winter Soldier anymore. That it is to him, it is the Cluck and Buck Express, and it, it has no other name. So I'm curious, like, does anybody else have any funny names that they've been referring to, referring to this series or any series as? I'm kind of curious. <laughs> yes. Read that on well, our social I, media. I, I actually kind of like Clucky and Bucky because I yes. feel like Buck doesn't quite. He's more a Bucky than a Buck, but eh. <laughs> anyway, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan. And thanks so much for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons.